Hello everyone, I hope I hope you're all doing well, hope you're refreshed. Um, so for those who don't know, this is the Through Our Eyes podcast. It's a fortnightly podcast that we record highlighting marginalised content creators and their stories. Um, where basically we have a, a, a chat about, about important topics that are often um, treated as taboos or generally asking those questions that don't tend to get answered um and yeah um i will hand over to my lovely co-host to uh explain to you what the through our eyes project is in its entirety and uh, uh where it came from basically yeah hello so uh, through our eyes started uh, a bit over a year ago now and will actually be returning at some time in the next two months which uh, i'm i will be putting out some information on soon uh, I've, I've lined up one co-host already, so we'll be getting some more going along. Uh, but essentially, we started the, the, the Through Our Eyes sort of shows and events and podcasts because uh, there's been a rise in, in hate and intolerance and just horrible shit going on in the world. And it's it's always been going on, but obviously with the internet, you see a lot more of it all the time. And we wanted a way to talk to the people who are affected by it and to actually hear their side of the story and give them the platform to, to speak and tell their truths. And so that's how we got to where we are today. Obviously what we found with having a 10 hour stream is it's a, a little difficult to uh, bite down to actually get that down to size to be understandable while still getting a, a full story from everybody. So we've got the Through Our Eyes podcast where we take two hours with an individual guest and really get to learn about them and hear the full side of their story. Yeah, which uh, brings us on to introducing our guest today. Hello, would you like to tell us who you are, what you do, and where people can find you, and uh, what brought you here today? Hi, it's nice to be here. <laughs> um, I'm Luna Romy. Most people just call me Luna because it's simpler. Nobody uses long words, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I stream on Twitch around four-ish days a week and I'm on Twitter and kind of on Instagram and kind of on TikTok and kind of on YouTube um, <laughs> but mostly on Twitch and um, I, I I found your podcast a while ago uh, I've always been interested and then um, I saw a Twitter post that you guys were looking for a host I was like oh hi hi <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's me so could we get uh your pronouns and uh what it is that you want to talk about today yeah i go by she her um and today we're gonna be talking about sexuality and disability All right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's okay sometimes i have to double take as well i go wait yeah, that is what we're talking about right <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, I think that's uh, the <laughs> the chronic illness uh, brains, isn't it? That's yeah, <laughs> just suddenly <little> like <laughs> deer in the headlights. <laughs> okay, well, if everyone's ready, we'll we'll move on to our our first question. Um, if uh, that, if everyone's good, yep, cool, right. So basically, we'd like to start off the podcast uh, with a just a simple lowdown of your story. Um, well, basically why you're here and when did it start mm -hmm. um so yeah just tell us a little bit about about you basically 
Yeah, so um, I was born with uh, with my disability. It's um, recently, actually just yesterday, I was told the name of this disability. Never in my entire life have I been told the name of this disability. I'm 30 years old. So uh-huh. that's how long it's taken for a doctor to tell me what it's called. That seems um, about right, yeah. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> it's sadly actually more normal than it should be. But um, uh, yeah, it's called a femur defect. And what happens is that one of your, um, can be one of the sides, one of your thigh bones doesn't fully or doesn't develop at all um, inside the womb. And through that, it can also cause that the hip maybe doesn't fully develop and some other bones as well. Um, with me, the case is that my thigh is non-existent on my right leg. So I have everything down from the thigh, like the knee, the, the bottom part of the leg and, and the foot, but I just don't have the thigh. So I have like the little bit of the hip that I have because <laughs> I don't have the whole hip either. And then straight away, it's like my knee and the rest of my leg. Um, when I was born like this, nobody really knows why it happened. There's no really scientific explanation as to why this happens. Um, but yeah, I got my first prosthetic leg when I was six months old because I started trying to walk and I couldn't because um, my left leg was so much longer than my right leg. So um, yeah, my first uh, prosthesis was made when I was six months old, um, which was interesting. It was just kind of like a straight peg leg, so to say. Because <laughs> um, it didn't have any, I was too small at that point. Usually they have like mechanical knees in them and then you can bend the knee and stuff. You can walk better and stuff. But at that age, I was just too small to be able to work that in. Um, and yeah, through that, I've obviously, as many people with disabilities have experienced being cast out, being um, stared at really rudely to the point where actually once someone was driving past on a motorcycle and they almost had an accident because they were too busy staring at me. Um, yeah, that's the disability lowdown of my life, I think. Um, Obviously, not having my bones fully developed has also caused um, um, a severe backaches constantly. Um, and I have trouble walking, especially longer distances, both because, well, I'm carrying around with like a three kilo leg at all times. And also because of my back just hurting way too much. So that's that. And uh, yeah, that's kind of been my life i'm trying not to ramble too much because i know don't worry (laughs) a you've got plenty of time to ramble um b we encourage it (laughs) and c it's not rambling if if it's giving us that kind of i mean it's a long story you know it's it's your life yeah so it's going to have its twists and turns and end up yeah. in various places so don't worry yeah. take your time and and ramble <laughs> away <laughs> um yeah so i guess that's like the physical lowdown my leg was never gonna fully develop like my thigh was never gonna grow it just didn't exist basically so um what they did around when i was eight years old um they destroyed i don't know what it's called in english um but they destroyed the the growth bit of my bone basically so that 
the bit that I did have wouldn't continue growing mm. so that when I got older, they would be able to make a prosthetic leg that would fit a little bit better with the other knee on my leg. Um, I always say long leg, <laughs> my <laughs> left leg, on my actually developed leg. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it didn't fully work. It's still a bit lower down than what it should be. But um, that's what happened. So I was in the hospital for a really long time when I was eight years old, which came with its own traumas and whatnot, because yeah, an eight-year-old alone in a giant hospital with really poor visiting hours is um, very scary, <laughs> very, very scary. Um, and having this disability obviously had its other effects on my mental health as well. Um, I'm extremely socially anxious. I will avoid going outside at all costs. If I do go even grocery shopping, I will go specifically somewhere that's like 30 minutes away, even though I have a shop like five minutes away from our apartment, I will drive 30 minutes to go somewhere where I have the, the smaller chance of bumping into someone that I may know <laughs> because, um, it's just always you know, always the same questions. Oh, how are you doing? How's this? Which is technically not a bad thing, I guess. Like asking someone asking, how are you? Isn't a bad thing, but they've known me my whole life. And they, they, they just, I always feel judged very heavily with my, with my disability. Cause I've always been stared at. I've always been treated differently from everyone. And, uh, and yeah, and it's, it was a very, confusing combination because like my mother would always try to like treat me as um normal as possible so to say and try and encourage me to do everything that everybody else was doing um which was sometimes good sometimes maybe not so good <laughs> but um she tried so that's all that matters and um yeah lots of anxieties i got recently um about a year ago diagnosed with ADHD as well um and yeah I feel like I'm still rambling so I will <laughs> give the mic so to say to you guys <laughs> good. I was actually going to ask um just for for those who um aren't familiar with you whereabouts are you based I'm in based in Liechtenstein I always say Switzerland because it's like basically the same thing honestly um so yeah central europe <laughs> just so that uh, we get an idea of like what kind of uh medical setup we're uh, <laughs> approaching because <laughs> obviously there's quite a difference between between like europe and, and the us in the, yeah. the systems that we're 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 thinking about here um so you said about uh how um you've uh, had a lot of uh, anxieties brought up mm -hmm. from from like social situations especially around that question of how are you mm -hmm. um i feel like this is something that um is highlighted quite uh uh regularly amongst uh, um the uh, chronically ill um uh communities is that that question is one that especially in the uk is such a a formality mm -hmm. that is like a requirement in standardized conversation and yet no one expects you to actually answer it correctly yeah uh, 
And if you do, people will be like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I think for me, one of the reasons why that, like, especially in IRL situations, like where we're like face to face meeting in person, you know, that makes me so nervous is because um, due to my disability, my, my obviously um, movement is very restricted. And because of that, I have over the years gained weight and I'm a little bit chubbier than you know the ideal would be and um i always get um just really you know those looks you know those looks everybody's familiar with those looks most people i feel like are familiar with those looks mm -hmm. and um that's increased as well then they're looking at my weight and then they're looking at my disability and then they're like oh but how is she doing it oh but this and this and that and, and then they just ask lots of like it just feels like you're judged, like someone has like a like um, loop thing on you and they're like looking you down up and like every little detail. And um, I think that's where my anxiety probably like started out from. It also didn't help that when I was um, little, I think I was like 10, 11, something like that. Um, we had just moved to the Dominican Republic and um, the kids there weren't used to seeing someone with my disability at all. The kids here, they kind of grew up with me. So they kind of treated me just, you know, whatever. They didn't give me a different treatment because I had a disability. But this new place where we were at in a whole different country, um, there was this party and I went, it was a pool party because it's a hot country. So that's what you do in hot climates. You have pool parties. And um, it was a birthday party, and then everybody was getting in the pool. And I was like, oh, Luna, come too. And I was like, okay, cool. And then a ton of kids, like apart from my, maybe my two friends that I had that were encouraging me to come in the pool, all of the kids left the pool screaming because of my disability. Because I put off my prosthetic leg, and I hopped in the pool, and they thought it was like some kind of disease that they would catch. And um, that really hurt me and made me like further just close myself off from society <laughs> and kind of create my own little bubble, which is the internet, which is also not always great, but here we are. <laughs> I think that's, uh, yeah, that, 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 that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's great. Sometimes it, it, <laughs> it's a mixed bag. I'm <laughs> moderated. So, <laughs> really mixed bag, yeah, yeah. I, I, I found what you've said really interesting, actually, because so not a lot of people know my my mum is very open with her health as well. So both my parents are disabled, but my mum has a very very similar disability to you, Luna. So okay. in utero, um, her leg was twist and caught upside her mum's ribs, which means that essentially something happened in the whole hip, leg, thigh area twisted. So when she was born, it never grew properly. Um, so when she was seven, she had it removed and went on to a, went for a prosthetic from that point. Um, but it is one of those things where, you know, you do get a bit bigger when you can't physically walk and yeah. you get looks because of that. And a lot of people tend to assume weight is the cause and not the symptom, which a lot of the time weight is a symptom of disability and, and chronic illness. And so it's, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not small either. And it is a shame when it is assumed that, oh, 
you're disabled because you got fat and it's like no 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 that mm -hmm. completely the opposite situation here but it's it's very very interesting because the amount of kids that have come up to my mum my mum been like where's your leg gone and my mum actually finds that more endearing than any adult going oh how are you because at least the kid yeah. genuinely is curious what happened mm -hmm. and wants to ask i don't know if you find that's a more you know obviously you've come here to talk with us about it but i don't know if you find that's a more like a way you'll be more happy talking about it if somebody was actually more forthright and was just like i'm curious instead of just poking I, around the I subject i definitely prefer people just straight up asking me whether it's kids yeah. or adults like and i think there's a huge like just gap everywhere around the world with um in in schools like we don't get taught about different disabilities and mm their causes or their effects and and whatnot you know that's not a topic topic that you generally learn about in school so even i myself i hate it but it's it's natural it's it's inhuman it's natural we're curious beings so mm. if we don't understand something we are likely to stare to try and figure out what it is and that can then make a person very uncomfortable mm. and um i because i'm very aware of it myself because i've had that treatment I try to not do it, but I do sometimes even catch myself staring and I don't ask because of my social anxiety. So it's like this huge like circle that just goes around mm -hmm. and around. Um, so no, but I definitely prefer people just asking and um, I, whether it's like kids asking or adults, I think I almost prefer adults asking personally because I have had, again, this is from years ago, like from when I was still a kid or a teenager, I should say, um, kids coming up to me asking about it, but like kind of giggling the whole time. So it more felt like they were kind of like trying to find a way to mock me, to make fun of me rather than actually trying to figure out what it is that I have. Um, so I get very nervous when kids ask me, hey, what's wrong with your leg? The thing is that kids are uh, not at that level of understanding um the intricacies of social mm -hmm. etiquettes and really they're responding to something i've not seen before that's different and can't process that how it might come across yeah to others yeah i mean no. there's plenty of adults that can't do that either but <laughs> it's <laughs> you know it's 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 one of those things that it's it's it puts you in a place of having to be the more patient and understanding yeah. of the two parties when really that shouldn't be put on you at all just because it's not your responsibility in any no, way but shape I also feel or... like someone has to you know mm. like if we I don't know if we keep on hiding behind these things because this is uncomfortable and we don't want to do it, um, as much as I empathize with that, like, a lot, um, <laughs> sometimes you just have to, like, even when a kid comes up and asks me, I try to just be very calm and really try to explain what it is that I do have um, in a way that they'll understand. Um, it makes me feel uncomfortable either way, but it's more important for me personally for me to be a little bit uncomfortable with that situation explain something to the younger generation so that maybe one day we'll be in a world where 
won't be as discriminative against everybody. You know, maybe there's hope, right? Fingers crossed, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's always hope, even if it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that even from our like experience of like growing up, there has been a huge step in the right direction for for educating and and allowing people to grow up in a situation that actually pr prompts more understanding and 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 better attitudes let's put it that way <laughs> yeah yeah no that's true um and I, honestly that's a big part again to this um internet thing that's sometimes great and sometimes not so great <laughs> Because uh, we get to, like, what you guys are doing, this podcast. You know, this is, like, one example where you are making something that helps other people share their stories and in turn helps other people maybe get an insight on these topics. And that's, like, you know, information that's shared and it's educational and um, it, it helps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I obviously it's, it's one of those... Uh rare situations where we get to sit down and actually talk about the things that a lot of people don't get to ever really openly discuss in situations where it's like appropriate to ask the questions to to learn more about those things to just just find out more about about all the different like marginalizations that there are and and different ways in which people exist and live their lives it's definitely been illuminating <laughs> i think the internet's been really helpful as well because when i was growing up um there was a lot of stuff in the newspapers about benefit cheats and you know disabled people just going on the dole or you know taking the government's money essentially and not working because they were making it up and you still get those stories today but I, I did like that, I think last month, the Daily Mail ran an article about young women with chronic illnesses faking being sick for money on TikTok. And they were, I think, forced to retract the article because a lot of people saw that and made lots of videos and a protest online and went to TikTok and tweeted at the person that wrote it and was like, yeah, no, piss off. That's not right and it's not cool. And then, you know, the person themselves who was quoted in the article made another one like, yeah, absolutely not cool. Here's my hospital notes. And, you know, while the Internet can bring people together very fast in not a good way, it is also nice to see people come together quickly to support yeah. others where before it would have just been disabled people are taking our money in the newspapers. And that that was it. That was the one given to you. And there was no way to. You know, unless you want to write into the newspaper and ask them to print your comment, you know, there was no way of putting an opposing view out there. Yeah, and that's the thing with like um, at Disability Help in the UK or here, I, I imagine anywhere else really, um, because of this narrative of like, oh, there's people who are pretending to be disabled so they don't have to work, so they just get money from the government and they can just live their lavish lifestyle. Um, money that you get from the government isn't that much point one um point two that narrative has caused so many people who are really disabled and who really do need help 
to not get the help. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for me here in Liechtenstein, I have been... There was someone, uh, an organization that made me aware at 18 um, that I should be getting disability help now because I'm now of age. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can, yeah, let's apply. And they declined, you know, I was like, okay. And then I just let it go because I was like, well, I'm in university and stuff. I don't really need it right now. Um, And then later on I applied again and they literally, like, I think I was like maybe 20 years old when I applied again or 21. And they literally declined me because um, I can still walk, like quote unquote, I can still walk. I am not in a wheelchair yet. Therefore, I do not need help. And that was so, I'm so um, angry at the word yet (laughs) because there's so many times where it's like, oh, but you can still walk or you're not in a wheelchair yet, you know? like still or yet you're still able to do this you're still able to do that yet it's like yes i am currently still able to do these things but i want help so that i can maybe be able to do these things a little bit longer so i'm not um taxing my body over and over again and you know putting it over the edge to the point where i really won't be able to do any of these things to the point where i'm not i don't I'm not yet 100% confined to a wheelchair. I already have limited uh, mobility, but obviously, like, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. You know, if I can avoid being in a wheelchair, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. And it's just this um, constant forcing. They're constantly trying to force me to go to work. And I literally have days where I can barely get out of bed because my back hurts so much because of my disability, because of my hip missing because of me not having a thigh because xyz you know and um even yesterday um we were checking out a new um orthopedist technician uh one that's closer because the previous one is in germany it's like three hour drive from here and i don't want to do that all the time especially not on my own so um (laughs) i'm looking for someone closer and they were asking a ton of questions and they were like what's your mobility like and then I said, oh, well, um, I need help with putting on my shoes sometimes. Um, I need help walking. Like, I don't have a walking stick or anything like that. I usually use my husband as my walking stick pretty much. <laughs> um, and I was saying that and they're like, okay, so you're mobility grade four. And that's apparently the highest mobility grade here. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, for a disabled person, you're mobility grade four. And like that sentence... For a disabled person, your mobility grade four, that shouldn't even exist. This definitely touches on a point that really pisses me off about (laughs) disability support and our attitude as a society towards what classes as disabled enough. It's, I mean, going for benefits, as you said, in itself, half the time, you don't want to go for it in the first place. You, you just you don't, you don't want to put yourself through it. You you don't you don't want to be dependent. Um, and you you I mean it's it's a ordeal. It is an ordeal to go through. Um, but then you've got some strangers that have maybe at most about hours talk with you. 
about everything that goes on in your life and and they grade you on whether or not they as a complete stranger that has no experience of your life think that you're disabled enough for support and that in its entirety is just so demeaning and and unpleasant to go through because it's not i mean again i'm i i'm i'm speaking from my experience and from what i've heard from from people on the podcast that you've already got enough imposter syndrome as it is yeah. you don't need someone going mm, but are you really disabled enough for this like we can make a meal like once a week so that's something right so it's fine plus it doesn't take into account like the 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 dips and the highs in your disability because sometimes you feel okay and sometimes you've got that magical day where your medications come together and you've magically gotten a good night's sleep for the first time in eight years and and then you got a good day and then you get really hurt because you spend that good day doing all the things you wish you could do mm-hmm. and uh, drag. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and so then you've got up. another six months of bad days. Yes, but I'm, I'm just looking up. So disability living allowance was cancelled in the UK and replaced by the, what was it? Personal independence payment, PIP, which uh, oh, is, it's ridiculous. Um, and it says there's two parts to PIP and whether you get one or both parts depends on how much money you get. And how difficult you find everyday tasks you know when compared to someone who isn't disabled but all of these things are eating drinking and preparing food so if you say you have difficulty preparing food that might count if you have difficulty eating that might not count because it might not be alongside preparing food so it's it's one of those things that makes no sense i believe at one point my mum applied for pip again one leg scoliosis of the spine major eye surgeries uh full body psoriasis plaque psoriasis many 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 issues um and i believe they asked her will the leg grow back now i'm pretty sure most people that got that position had to go to school at one point or another um and i'm pretty sure we're taught that limbs don't grow back so not quite sure how they got to that question maybe they just really had to be sure maybe they were just maybe they saw the scales and were like lizard maybe she's a lizard maybe it will grow back (laughs) but again i wouldn't say this shit unless my mum hadn't made the same jokes in the past uh but it 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 boggles the mind and the amount of times that it says we're here to help you now fill out 30 pages of paperwork and make sure you dot it correctly or we'll reject it and it's... then to get declined three times until you take it to court and then forcibly fine, I guess we'll accept you because you know what, actually, you yep. are disabled enough to get help. Like, yep. what is this? I remember, um, so when I was 18, actually, yeah, I was living in the UK. Um, I think it was 18, yeah. I was living in the UK. And um, my boyfriend at the time was like, you should apply for DLA because you you're eligible for it i was like i mean okay fine like whatever um i couldn't fully work because of my disability so yeah some extra little bit of cash every month i wouldn't have complained (laughs) and um i did get accepted to dla eventually 
but it was a long fight and um i it did go to court and what i had to do is i had to take pictures because they couldn't they couldn't envision or they couldn't really grasp the disability that i had so i had to take pictures of my body of my deformed back of my little leg of my prosthesis and everything for them to believe me that i was actually really disabled and then they accepted <laughs> well that's just I, I'm 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 lost for words at how despicable and and demeaning that is. Yeah. Like the reports I've seen online have also said things like they start judging you from when you walk into the office. So when you go for that assessment, it's like they've walked in. That's more than ten steps. Mobility yeah. is good, which is like oh yeah. Okay, but when I look at this thing that says applying for allowance, Job Centre will tell you if you need a face-to-face -face work capability assessment. You must attend. There's no online component. You must go. So the one in Cambridge, I don't believe, has a ramp. So you're going to have to walk up those stairs. Wow. So that means you can walk. That is... wow. It's dodgy. To be fair. super dodgy. This is, it's, I mean, it's on a much lesser scale, but I had no end of problems when I went for PIP myself, and um, one of the arguments the first time they rejected it was um, she was laughing through the entire uh, thing, so um, she was, she was, she definitely doesn't have any mental health issues whatsoever. <laughs> it's like... So, because you can still find joy in little things oh, no. because you have a nervous laugh, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, like, you're, you're, you're fine, you're fine, you're cured, you're laughing, you're cured. I have so <laughs> much social anxiety that the only way that I can cope with conversations is to just giggle all of the time. And the idea that... <laughs> I feel that. Right? Like, the idea that, that that meant that my mental health issues were cured are all gone. I, ca I can't possibly I mean, be depressed. I, I don't have anxiety because I was able to, uh, to to giggle through the entire ordeal. It's like, yes, because otherwise I was going to cry. And and it's not socially acceptable to cry for two hours in a conversation. Uh <laughs> Apparently it's not socially acceptable to laugh either. Have they seen Joker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I should be offended at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the understanding that laughter can be an indication of um, mental stress, mental trauma, and mental disability. Yeah. But no, no. But I am Pagliacci. <laughs> anyway. I'm getting watchman now. Oh, and it does have a ramp. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'd check just in case. Get cancelled okay, by the job Okay, but still, center. like, the fact that you need to go there, you need, you have to attend, like, th that there's no online, it generally, like, today, it's not just there, it's over here as well, like, I, there's sometimes appointments that you absolutely have to go to, you know, and, yeah. um, and it's like, why is there not an online option? Like, me, for example, some days I really, like, I'm not just saying this to try and be funny, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some days I really can barely get out of bed because I'm in that much pain. Yeah. But even on those days, there's an important appointment. I then need to 
put myself through more pain, take a ton, a buttload of really heavy painkillers to be able to go to that appointment. You know, that, that, that shouldn't be a thing. I think that's, that again, it's like the idea that it's, you're analyzed on your standard week. How many days out of those can you function in this strange way that we're going to put on this tick sheet? Um, and it's like, okay, I mean, there may be some of those things that I can do, but I'm going to be fucking paying for it down the road. Yeah. But you don't count that. No. You only count if I can actually do that thing. And it's like, well, well, yeah, but then I'm in bed for, for like two weeks because I've pushed myself to do it to fulfill this requirement because it's really important to get there and it, I can't do anything else but yeah. they can't quantify that so oh exactly and it's um that's one of the reasons why like I actually went into trying to work a normal nine to five so to say so when I was um a couple of years ago I moved back and forth I have to quickly say um, since I was 10 years old, um, I have moved to the Dominican Republic, stayed there until I was about 16, did a year in Quebec, a transfer student thing, came back to Dominican Republic, went to the UK for college, went back to Liechtenstein because I missed Liechtenstein and I was kind of pulled away from there when I was 10 years old. Then was like, actually, you know what, the relationship there went super south, so I ended up going back to England, meeting my current husband and hopefully husband for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then <laughs> and um, then went back to the Dominican Republic because my mom convinced me it was a great idea. It was not a great idea. And then now I'm back in Liechtenstein. So I have moved around a little bit. <laughs> Just teasy a bit. I thought <laughs> I was uh, a, a bit of a jet setter, but wow, that's... that's... <laughs> so, okay, now that I've covered that... <laughs> Um, when I went back to the UK, um, where I met my now husband, um, we, because I, again, I didn't, I didn't bother applying to DLA again, because I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't know how long I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to do that. And I never managed to get the one from Liechtenstein, which is once you get it, because I was born here, I would be eligible to the songs I stay within Europe. Um, so there's that but i didn't get that so i was like you know what they're always telling me that i need to work minimum a year that's another thing <laughs> over here to get the disability <laughs> to get the disability allowance here you need to have work for minimum a year so that they can decide how much you get paid y yes yes exactly and what's like what what if you you can't work though like what if you're unable to work how, how... <laughs> you've no money for a year you must not have use of money <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that is pretty similar with what they're doing with um uh like the the other it like you know, what, what's it called now that the uh, um uh um just general uh um benefits that job seekers like... what job seekers yeah, but it's not called job seekers anymore, is it? It's, it's something else. They keep on changing the names of it. Um, but there's like a disability, you are incapable of working benefit 
that isn't Pip. Yeah. And oh, there's a, there's severe disability allowance, so SDA. Um, I, I'm gonna guess there's like a generalized one as well, but I'm yeah, sure I think it's generalized one. But but you only qualify for that if you've worked enough to qualify for it. Like, but who makes these rules? Who <laughs> comes up with so this stuff? Like a pension. Apparently, I need well because I I was told to go for it, and it was case because I could I was signed off. I was like my my doctor was just signing me off constantly, and it was like I cannot do that. Um, universal credit disability, yes, that one. Um, universal credit, right? Yes. Uh, and and you have to have earned, paid enough national insurance for them to then say that you qualify for it, and it's like. I haven't worked since I came back from New Zealand uh, and I've only worked a year and a bit and I needed to work like three years but I also only work part-time so it was like so I don't qualify for that because because I apparently I, I haven't uh, uh, contributed to the uh, to my national insurance enough to do so but it's like but shouldn't they just go it's same here like we don't have an official minimum wage here which is one of the reasons why I need to work for a year first um, we have like an, a wage average, you know, that everybody earns, but we don't have an official minimum wage in Liechtenstein. Um, <laughs> so essentially, I could, you know, pay you two quid an hour and you'd have to take it. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, nobody does that, but, you know, yeah. uh, you could technically. Um, but that's, it's ridiculous that you need to have worked when you're not able to work for them to be able to quote unquote help you because like it just seems basic so... human rights should be able to be you know to maybe eat to maybe pay bills to maybe keep a roof above my head those should be basic human rights no yeah i mean as as it said in in chat there is there is like income based one as well but because they base your income off of who you're living with you, you don't qualify for it if they earn a, a wage that's above uh, minimum wage. That's another big topic we'll have to talk about at some point, but we'll try not to distract it too oh, much. Yeah. But there is, there's a lot of problems with disabled people getting married, because uh, if you get married, you often cannot receive your disability benefit, meaning if you end up in a relationship which is not safe, you don't have cash. So what are you meant to do? Because your disability essentially and it's not fair to your other partner as well they're suddenly like oh you've bought them with a ring excellent here's their living allowance <laughs> like they don't get any money you pay for them now like what well, i get that that is you know a partner would want to provide for you but uh suddenly you know unless you're able to work you cannot provide anything but suddenly there's twice the usage it's it gets a bit ridiculous and I mean, let's face it, I've lived in the UK. Minimum wage in the UK really is shocking. Nothing. It's nothing. Um, when um, we lived in the UK, Fonzie and my and my husband, um, he was earning like um, 900 quid a month. And yeah. our rent was 800. <laughs> and on top of that, we, we were in Bristol. So rent in Bristol is, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> And on top of that, we had council tax and water bills, you, you know, all the utility bills. It's just like, yeah. where are you supposed to 
how, how are you supposed to function? How are you supposed to pay all these things? They're all our friends that we had in Bristol all had at least two roommates because without yep. that, they would not be able to make a month, you know, and all the parents, um, there was at least one parent who had minimum of three jobs to be able to make it through the month. And that's just like, that's not living. Like, that's not living anymore at that point. And I'm sorry, we're going into a completely different topic. I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all related, though. It's, like, Cambridge is... is yeah. Sorry, not Cambridge itself. England is ridiculous. Like, I've worked in the games industry, which is meant to be fairly lucrative being IT. It's not at all. So you had 50-year-old senior devs with 15 years of experience having to house share, a, like, a flat with other 50-year-old devs when they have wives in other parts of the country, because that's the only way they could have a house, was to live in another county and move down for like two months of work and then take a week holiday and go back to the house they own. Because there's no fucking way to live like where their work was. It, it made no sense. I was like, oh, you're heading home. And they're like, no, I don't get to head home for the wife and the dogs for another month. Uh, I'm going to be going back to my flat. And I'm like, what? That's ridiculous you're, you're flat but think right. about this right we are we know we've, we've gone slightly off topic in the sense of uh, talking about benefits and stuff but this is just for your average person right hey. you add disability onto how is anyone with a disability supposed to to function in that kind of like you can't. It's not possible. Yeah, I, if, if you need three jobs to do. <laughs> exactly. I, I. So back in the UK, this was. This is what I wanted to say initially, but uh, <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> um. So I, I got a job at O2, and I decided to just go for it because I was like, well, I'm not receiving a disability help. Ponzi does not make enough money to be able to make it through the month. Something needs to happen. Okay guess i'll work at o2 and i got a job at o2 and the job itself i did like it's not that i didn't like the work it's that physically my body was breaking more and more the longer i worked there because at o2 even though they tried to make it as comfortable to, for me as possible with like giving me a chair to sit when uh, when there weren't any customers and all that stuff i was still standing for four hours plus in one go and seeing as I have a prosthetic leg, that basically means I was standing on one leg for four hours. And not to mention with all my back pains, those just, I felt it getting like worse and worse and worse with each passing day. And then there was one time where I was like, I can't come into work anymore. I'm in too much pain. And I went to see the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, no, you need to stop working. This is not good for you. And I'm like, okay, but I need the money. And they're like, yeah, well, you won't need the money anymore when, you know, you you can't do anything anymore. And I'm like, well, no, I still will, but fair point. So um, I kind of quiet quit O2. And then after I was like, okay, fine. We tried the whole standing thing, didn't work. Let's try an office job. And I got a job... Um, as a PPI complaints handler at HSBC. And um, I thought, cool, easy office job. I can sit the whole day. <laughs> um, 
little was I aware that sitting in a very confined in my prosthetic leg was because I still have a leg that still has like all the senses and everything there, you know, it still hurts when something's pressing against the heel for eight hours a day. Mm. Um, and so I was sitting there and my back was hurting because we didn't have good chairs. We didn't have good chairs at HSBC. They always promised we're going to get great chairs and they got great chairs. Um, and then my leg was just hurting too much. And then again, I tripped outside of work. I tripped and I twisted my ankle, my good ankle, my one good ankle. Um, and then I wasn't able to go to work for two weeks. And then I came back after it was like during that Christmas period. And then I came back after Christmas break and they ended up firing me. They ended up blaming something completely different because they can't fire you due to something that happened due to your disability, but they fired me. Um, and that just goes to show for me that I will never be able to keep a job because both of those jobs, I think HSBC was maybe like six months tops and O2 was maybe like four months tops. So yeah, I tried. <laughs> So, I mean, you were working like a, was it full-time, nine-to-five-esque? Full-time, full yeah. yeah. Over hours, it was great. <laughs> so, what, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here that in a, in a, in that length of time, even, even just, just, just functioning, even if it's just a sitting or just just your day-to-day -day functioning, walking around, getting around. A prosthetic's probably quite uncomfortable, right? Yeah. So definitely. how does that affect you in, in that sense? In my day-to-day -day now? Or just in, in what? I mean, in work and then just in well, general. <laughs> in When I was working like at HSBC and stuff, I just had to suck it up. You know, I just had to suck up the pains. I would be sitting there from... I can be my leg for about 40 minutes to an hour. Sometimes on good days, but one and a half hours sitting. If I'm like going constantly between sitting and walking around, like in between, then I can be my leg a little bit longer before it starts really bothering me, maybe about four hours. And then it starts bothering me a lot. Um, so at HSBC, I would just have to suck it up, you know, because, well, what, I, 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 otherwise I'd be going home within like the morning hours every day so i just sucked it up i just sucked the pain up and um swallowed a couple painkillers and made do with that and the other thing that was really tough for me as well back then is that i had to always pay for taxis from work to home yeah. and um, that was 10 quid each way so that was two hours of my work day that just went towards the taxi fare every single day um, so there's, that was great as well. Now, the reason I'm trying to, so hard to try and, I guess, kind of make it in streaming, um, to be able to get to a point where I can earn a livable income, um, is because I can sit here, I can take my leg off, I can have longer AFK breaks where, bless my husband, now he can't anymore because he's got a job, but he used to stretch my back. And um, I never knew this before. No one has ever tried this except Fonzie. He was like, let me try this. And he literally took my um, little leg and he just 
kind of pulled it and stretched it out and that stretched the like right side of my body so much and it felt so good and I had like so much pressure relief from that so he tends to do that like when I go my AFK breaks he tries to do that and I try to stretch my back in ways that it feels better but I can't do that at a desk job like where I'm working nine to five I can't do that at an O2 you know I can only have this liberty in my own four walls to be able to take my leg off, to be able to take 15, 20 minutes of an AFK break, to be able to say, you know, guys, I'm feeling absolutely miserable today. I'm not coming. And no one can uh, can threaten me with firing me because of that, you know? And that's the reality of it. And um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about, uh, a bit more about, uh, um, your experience as a content creator and and how that has um, helped, hindered, what kind of issues you've come up with uh, and uh, so forth with both uh, your disability and, and your mental health. So um, what I found um, with content creation is that apparently this is, I'm, I'm still learning things about ADHD. It's still like I got diagnosed a year ago. It's still kind of new to me. Um, I was just kind of labeled as, oh, you're so weird, or you're so odd, or my whole life. So <laughs> still trying to um, learn about that. But um, I personally, my therapist told me she wants to get me on some kind of medication so that I can let go. Because I cannot turn my work brain off. It is constantly on. And when I was working at HSBC, the difference was I could only work when I was at work. Working from home, I can always work. <laughs> I'm always here in front of the computer. I can always be like, yeah, I could do this. Or you know what? I haven't remade my emote in the past three months. Let's remake all the emotes because you can't just remake one emote. Like, oh, this one needs a little bit of fine tuning. There needs um, to be consistency you know. between the... Uh... <laughs> And um, I'm Twitch partner, so I have like a ton of emotes. So that's like about 25 plus emotes that I then remake every three, four months because consistency. And and I, it's so frustrating. <laughs> like I frustrate myself, you know? <laughs> oh, I feel that so hard. That reminds me, Jack, did I tell you? So I told you I got diagnosed with ADHD last month. Did I tell you they gave me the wrong diagnosis? <laughs> oh boy. They diagnosed, diagnosed me with hyperactive. Uh, I got the official paperwork through and they're like, oh, whoopsie fuck, you've got both types. <laughs> so I have combined type ADHD, inattentive and hyperactive. And then there was a little bracket on the bottom that said, we would also recommend getting an autism test. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, thanks. So, uh, I, there you go. Double ADHD with a possible side of autism. That's that's what we've got going on. I feel like I've heard that in, a, a lot lately, though, that a lot of people get diagnosed with ADHD. People are now, they've been also recommending getting tests for autism as well. Yep. It's apparently um, like a 60% concurrent rate. Yeah, I've been told to test for autism as well. Um, yeah. I haven't yet. I don't know if I will. <laughs> yep, same. 
I'm fine having just ADHD for now. We'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I just, I just like my ADHD assessment. If you want to test something later on, like that's fine. But like, I've got six months fucking wait for this. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I went. I don't know if you did for the same reason, Luna, but I, I need help with the ADHD because it's causing problems essentially that I can't just work my way out of essentially. Um, but if I am autistic, as far as I'm aware, that's not caused me any problems I need to deal with at the minute. Maybe that'll come out more once I start on medication for you know stimulants and I'll go for help then. But if I am autistic, I don't need help with that bit. So I'm just not bothered about being told if I am or I'm not. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So more specifically, what kind of um, experience do you have with uh, ADHD? What's, what's your particular flavor so to speak <laughs> so i have to inattentive one um if you couldn't tell i i struggle um keeping my attention like when we're talking like this it's okay because there's a conversation going and we're like you know spitballing between each other and it's going there and there and there and there and then it's all right but like i cannot for the life of me for example <laughs> when i was in university and um lectures it didn't matter how interested I was in that lecture, how much I wanted to learn, I would legit fall asleep after 20 minutes. I would just be out, completely yep. out. And it was so frustrating because I would, because, so I, I was in open university and um, because of that, I, I was doing it from here, from Liechtenstein at that point. And so if I did go to lectures, I would have to pay to fly to like London or um, somewhere in, in England and I'd have to pay a couple of nights to stay there and go to a lecture and everything. It would always be a lot of money and I really wanted to listen <laughs> and I really wanted to listen. I was really interested and I just, I couldn't, I would fall asleep 20 minutes in without fail every single time. I was like, you know what? I'll go to bed super early. I'll drink a ton of caffeine. I'll take coffee with me. I'll do all the things. I'll take like some vitamins that help you stay awake. No, it didn't. It just, no, I just, I can't. 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. That's my end. Um, which is also a pain for my husband because he loves watching movies. And I just, um, <laughs> it's, it's a big uh, um, deal for me to plan to watch a movie. I need to be in in the right mood for it, in the sense that like I know that I'll be able to keep my attention on it for that long, um, which is once in a blue moon. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's also, it's yeah. Sometimes I just. Um, I tune out. I tune out without meaning to tune out, and it's frustrating. It frustrates people that I'm sometimes like when I have a conversation with my mom, for example, and it's just a topic that I'm over. <laughs> I'm over it, you know. And my brain at some point goes like, "Yeah, no, we're done. Uh, let's think about um, fairies." Or, mm. "Hey, you know, this lady the other day crossed the road, and um, she had a really interesting hairstyle." Or <laughs> You know, and that's where my brain wanders. And um, I'm also I'm more aware of this now because I was being I was told it. But apparently, I'm really good at the, the rambling thing. And um, um, 
and like someone asking me a simple question and me going back back to like the beginning and saying everything in between and and flaring it out and this and oh yeah and by the way midway through this i remember something else that is kind of included to this so i'm gonna now talk about this and then maybe i'll come back to the question that you asked and actually answer it but maybe i won't i don't know we'll see <laughs> so you you mentioned luna that uh you tried drinking loads of caffeine have either of you ever noticed i don't know if you've had it but uh when you drink caffeine you get really fucking sleepy yes uh because adhd uh, i saw it described as uh, an intolerance or like uh, being allergic to boredom um and <laughs> caffeine works as a stimulant which means our brains start acting like everyone else's should be working and so caffeine makes you really fucking sleepy which is why i can gun two monsters jiggle a bit and then fall asleep <laughs> drac <laughs> Don't know what you're about. Uh, <laughs> no, no idea. No idea. Uh, I always try to have coffee. Usually, it does not go my way. Usually, it does mm -hmm. not have the effects I would like it to have. Yep. Um, the the best the best thing for me to try and stay awake when I really need to stay awake for something is to just have a cold shower. Just yep. have a cold shower. Get your get your blood pressure going. Get your you know your yeah <laughs> shock your body essentially. <laughs> Yeah, reset your sensory input. If your body is becoming too comfortable with being comfortable, like soft <laughs> and warm, if you reset it with something sharp and cold, that will work. So sometimes, Burp. like eating an ice cube or something works. <laughs> so just going for a shower. That's so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, feeling tired. Be a bee. <laughs> you know what? We're joking. I've actually done that on stream before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, guys, um, I'll do a giveaway. Here, have 100k gold. I play lots of Elder Scrolls online. So yeah. like, here, have 100k gold. I'm going to go shower real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Maybe that's what I need to do. Because I, I, I mean, to be fair, I've got an autoimmune disease. I've got, like, chronic fatigue. It's, it's questionable where the chronic fatigue comes from. Um, yeah. But the reason that I uh, um, I only do like uh, at maximum about four hours of stream is because I just, I I cannot maintain longer than that, and I'm wondering if maybe if I just had a cold shower that'd be. <laughs> so what I have started doing on my streams, um, I do start noticing that about. Um, oh my God, I just noticed what you're doing with your hand. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> Just giving my cat some dignity. I thought you were putting your hand up to like talk, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Just be quiet. <laughs> Just Stringer's okay. likes having an audience. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what I've noticed for me personally with my streams, um, I I stream three, four hours of a game, and then I either call it there or I switch games. Mm. And sometimes that works. Most of the time switching games, switching paces works. But um, it was just, I think yesterday actually, I was streaming ESO and I had every intention to stream Coral Island after that. And um, my mom, bless her, she's here right now visiting. Um, 
but she made dinner and I don't like eating while I'm streaming because I get incredibly tired after food all the time. So I had that, I had the food because it was goulash, it was good food. I was about to pass goulash up, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I went to a go AFK eat and then come back and I was so exhausted. I was so tired. And then, you know, as smart as I am, I decided to um, top that off with some coffee. Um, which... <laughs> so how long were you streaming while asleep? Uh, <laughs> probably a good hour, sleeping a category now. <laughs> I was just, I was saying things and I could not tell you what I was saying anymore. And I, we were, I, would, I had swapped to Coral Island to try and reset and to go on longer and stuff. And the amount of times I had to open the map to see where I was going and then forgetting where I was going while I was looking at the map. And it was just, it was ridiculous. And at some point I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm falling asleep. I, I need to go. I need to call it. This is it. <laughs> but yeah, usually when I don't have food and coffee, um, <laughs> switching games does help. Especially, I don't know if you can switch to, like, a completely different game. Like, that's just gonna, like, trigger your brain a little bit to, like, oh, yes, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I would recommend, switching games. It helps me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And also, if you can only do four hours, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, everybody has a, a different threshold for how long. We're also talking for four hours straight. You know, that's another thing. That's exhausting. I just had COVID. I'm still kind of recovering from it. And, um, oh boy, that first week when I came back to streaming after having COVID, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I can stream. This is fine. And, like, I was talking for, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, my throat feels like someone is, like, slicing it open. That's how much it hurt, you know? So, yeah, no, talking talking is exhausting, and if you can only do four hours, that's perfectly fine. I know people who only stream two hours, and that's fine too. Do what you can. I think that's one of the things that also is um, very apparent between the uh, um, disabled community and everyone else, is that Twitch particularly, I'm unfamiliar with other uh, platforms and their uh, requirements but um, with Twitch's requirements for say getting partner um, it's not really catered around people that maybe can't stream as long as yeah, as um, everyone else or, or maybe can't stream as often or as reliably as everyone else it's catered around a full time job exactly <laughs> But they don't pay full-time wages. That's a whole other can of worms set. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not get distracted by that. <laughs> so, so other than so other than like work and and your disability and and mental health, how do you um you said that you know you experience quite a lot of social anxiety and um uh don't uh leave the house very much um how is how has all of this played into your your social life and your social interactions and how basically how, how 
how would you, are you with making friends and and just maintaining friendships my social interaction is twitch that's as far as that goes um <laughs> Um, so I do go out, um, sometimes, but I will go specifically on weekdays in the mornings in locations where I know there's nobody there so that I can experience the outside because I love being outdoors. I just don't love being outdoors where there's people. Um, and I have before totally driven somewhere and thought it was going to be an empty place and Mm -hmm. then gotten there and there were a ton of people and then I just turned straight back around and drove straight back home. I was like there's no way I'm doing this um but yeah my social interactions it's mainly twitch <laughs> it's mainly twitch and talking to chat while I'm live and um I have made I, I struggle a lot with making friends um because well imposter syndrome uh, <laughs> I always feel like everybody's got you know, bad things to say about me and everybody is just pretending and um, they're just going to eventually turn their backs on me. And I've had a few not so great experiences on Twitch with people like that, exactly like that, exactly like what my brain always tells me that everybody's doing. Um, it just reinforces the the already. Yep. yep. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I do love Twitch and um in a, in a healthy mental state, I can say I don't see myself quitting Twitch, but there was definitely a time where I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop because I was involved in a community, which the community itself was great. There was this one person in this community that just from one day to the next ghosted me and turned her back on me and started talking really bad stuff about me and um it made me afraid it made me really afraid to um go live to talk to anybody and i completely alienated myself even from the few people who um trust is a really strong word for me (laughs) really really strong word but i guess in my capabilities trust even the people who in my capabilities i trust and the people who i do consider good friends, I completely stopped talking to those people. Because this person who did this to me was somebody who I considered a close friend. Um, So I was like, oh, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time till that person and that person, this person, that person does the same thing. And then I, I, I struggled with being like, oh, but maybe I am really this horrible person. Maybe I, I, I am really just that conniving and manipulative and two-faced and whatever not I was told that I was. Um, So for a really long time, I just, I, yeah, I stayed away from all streams. (laughs) I streamed very little myself. I was very insecure about streaming and um, I, I struggle making friends. I struggle making friends. I struggle keeping those friends because I never want to be a burden to anybody and I never want to experience something like that and imposter syndrome does a great job at you know telling me all those things um so yeah I'm social I have I have a few friends now that I've gotten to know through Twitch who I talk to off stream but like you can ask my community about my own discord for example my own discord is um 
very, very quiet because um, I think if you are a streamer and you're trying to grow your Discord, the very important part of it is you talking in your Discord, you know? Um, also, you being active in your Discord apart from just posting your live posts. And <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that because I don't I don't know I just I don't even I don't know I can't even tell you why I want to say it's because I don't want to take up anybody's time and I guess that's part of it but um it probably goes way deeper than that <laughs> I get from this like that the, a, a common a common uh trend that I, I find myself is uh twitch and streaming is extremely isolating and and lonely it's weird right though yeah so many people but yet it's so like freaking lonely it yeah. is lonely it can be very lonely and very isolating the funny thing is is that on camera a lot of streamers are well you'd, you'd think that most of them are pretty charismatic in the in their interactions with their communities and while the camera's live and even when they're they're, you know, collaborating, um, they 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 look like they get on really well with those people. And likelihood is they've had one conversation outside of that stream with that person. Um, and it's usually when are we going live? And 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 that's about the interactions that they get because more often than not, a large chunk of those people interacting are all in the same kind of boat in the sense that they're they're isolated they're they're probably not the most socially adept <laughs> and they don't actually have that confidence to believe that the people that they're interacting with are generally interested yeah or want their time or or want yeah. to continue those conversations or so i i mean i know maybe a few examples that I can think of off the top of my head that of actual streamers that have maintained steady relationships like like friendships that are are very apparent friendships. Yeah. And it's there's yeah. a few. There's not a lot. There's a very few streamers who 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 have those genuine friendships who it's not just like, yeah, let's collab. I feel like though a lot of streamers have the intention of becoming friends with this person but it's that it's so many of us suffer from imposter syndrome you know it's it's yeah <laughs> it's 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 wild how many people struggle with imposter syndrome and um that just it hinders you like crazy with making friends with reaching out with everything essentially um and i can definitely see like me myself a few people have like reached out to me and been like hey luna let's do this and that together and sometimes i'll be like okay yeah we can we, we can do that um but a lot of times i'll be like oh um no <laughs> not because i don't want to but because i feel like i will just be a nuisance essentially and um yeah and then i just i'll say no and sometimes like i do also occasional time i actually reach out to a streamer and we actually manage to collect connect and it's great and it's nice 
But then slowly I'm like, actually, maybe I'm just being a bother. Maybe, you know, they're just being nice because they don't want to destroy a connection or something. And I'm just actually being a bother. So I will slowly start to just retreat. <laughs> it's actually something that I... I... I posted about myself on Twitter recently. It's just this, this like, it, it feels like everyone's in these cliques, in these like groups. And I'm, I, it feels like high school. And I'm just not cool or, or socially good enough at actually being in one of these cliques. And I don't know how to join the cliques. And so I'm just kind of alone and kind of isolated, trying to just do my own thing and then and, and going yeah mm -hmm. I, I know how to function as a human being <laughs> <laughs> but it i think that it is something that actually a lot more people experience and that we're all just really quiet about it because there's this kind of thing of like everybody needs to be perfect you know, everybody needs to be perfect. Everybody needs to have their life and everything figured out and just know how to do it all. Because it's completely normal, right? It's completely normal to just wake up and know all the things and not need help from anybody. Oh my goodness, imagine asking someone for help. You know? <laughs> exactly. And it's just, it's ridiculous. The standard nowadays is absolutely ridiculous. And... I was just having conversation with my chat the other day. We were talking about streaming and growth and all that. And I can tell you like a year ago, I would not have been able to have that conversation because I would have thought, oh, but what if this person, like if I call my chat viewers, what if they get offended and everybody will leave and everybody will hate me because, oh my God, she's actually calling us viewers. When in fact, you know what? I'm a viewer. I'm, when I'm not streaming, when I'm not currently streaming myself, I am a viewer of other streamers. It's not it's not a bad word, but for some reason, there's this like connotation that it just feels like calling your chat out by calling them viewers was just a bad thing. You shouldn't do it, and you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that. So I would never talk openly on stream about the struggles of streaming because I was always afraid of making chat uncomfortable or having a different streamer pop in and being like oh no you're wrong it's like this and that and um everybody has their own experiences and what I experience might not be what you experience and you, you have different growth and everybody has their own growth and everybody grows their own way you can't analyze one person and tell them yes um they grew exactly like this and this and this and this. This is their five step to growth that they did. Use this and you will explode just like they did. No, it does not work that way. <laughs> it does not work that way. And I was just not able to ever have that conversation with my chat before. And it just, it felt really nice to just openly talk about all these things that all of us struggle with, but nobody talks about on on stream or openly anywhere really and um i think more of that needs to happen and i think if more of that happens then we'll feel more human to each other and streaming will become less isolating <laughs> that would be nice uh, 
<laughs> okay. Let, before we get into intricacies of streamer life. Um, <laughs> um, what's something you wish people knew about? What stigmas and misconceptions do you experience? Just, uh, so as you, I don't know if you knew, but I used to stream with camera and now I don't. And um, I don't anymore because of my weight for the most part because um, of sometimes you have to get up during, sometimes you have to quickly get up to like get the door or close the window or get your cat off the freaking computer or, you know, X, Y, Z. There's things that you sometimes have to quickly get up for. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't feel at ease doing that because then I'd have to put on my leg on camera and then walk away. And so the way that I work when I'm at home is I have PJ pants on and I have PJ pants on, on my legs. So when I go in my prosthetic leg, it's basically a naked leg there. <laughs> and I just felt really conscious doing that on camera. Um, so I, I guess I really struggled with feeling like, um, I'd be accepted with feeling like people would see me like that and people would straight away click off because ew <laughs> you know because of my weight I had a lot of people coming in and calling me a whale you know or um go back in in the lake manatee or you know just like that and the fact that I was just alienated and I was just cast off because, oh, look, it's just another fat girl, essentially, you know, um, really made me struggle and really made me um, feel not welcome, feel, yeah, like I needed to hide under the table or I don't know. So I started using Avatar <laughs> instead of a little PNG tuber now, and I absolutely love it because People now come in for me, you know, they, to hear me talk, to hear my voice, to hear me interact, to hear my absolutely abysmal attempts at jokes. Uh, <laughs> and they're not there to bully me or to judge me. And I can, I can, another thing is as a, this is a big thing. Um, I think this especially affects female streamers around Twitch is streaming without makeup. Streaming without makeup is so scary because the amount of times when I was using camera and sometimes I'd be like, oh, heck, I'm not going to use makeup today. My eyes are itchy from allergies or I just, I don't have time. I want to go stream. The amount of times I would get that comment, oh my God, you look so tired today. Or, oh my God, are you going to, are you going to vomit? You look so pale. Or, oh my God, do you need to go to a doctor? You have giant, I don't know, you know, circles around your eyes or... Yeah, eye bags. Yeah, not just eye bags, but like generally like a redness. I have really bad redness around my eyes. <laughs> and it's just like, I hate do saying this, but it is the way it is. Guys don't get those sort of comments, you know? guys don't get judged because they're not wearing makeup 
because they did not spend an hour or two before stream preparing their hair, preparing their background, preparing, I mean, maybe they prepared a background, but I, I bet uh, some guys do, but you know, preparing a background, making their face look absolutely freaking perfect. And then, and then the other thing was sitting here with a constant kind of little smile so that I didn't have my resting bitch face. <laughs> because when yes. I don't yes. sit here, <laughs> when I don't sit here with that little smile, I look like I am about ready to murder you. And that's not welcoming. <laughs> oh, I feel so, that so yeah. much. I felt very discriminated on my weight, on uh, my, the fact that I'm a, a freaking female you know um and i just i didn't want to do it anymore i i just wanted to be my little cute pink-haired fairy girl that um that's what i am i can change my hair color anytime i want i can change my eye color anytime i want i can add a new cardigan if i want to <laughs> i can do whatever i want and People are there for for me. They're not there because they want to bully me or they're not there because they feel bad for me because that's another thing that I got. I did have some people who would literally be there because they felt bad for me because of the bullies that I would get in my stream sometimes. And that doesn't feel great either. <laughs> a pity, a pity being there does not feel great either. So that's the kind of thing that I experienced. Um, the other thing, this is, I think, slightly different, but we did say we were going to talk about sexuality as well. So I want to quickly touch on this as well. Yeah, um, we've, we've not had the chance to even at touch all. on that. <laughs> I don't no, talk about no, my sexuality cool. a lot, to be honest. Um, I identify as bi. Um, sometimes I wonder if it would have been different if I would have grown up in a different environment, society, because... Um, <laughs> Liechtenstein, as beautiful as it is, um, is very close-minded. We're a very small country, okay? We have like 36,000 people. That's it. The entire country. And you can drive through the country within 30 minutes. We're, we're a country, believe it or not, but we're small. <laughs> so, and, and that reflects in the people here. A lot of the people who have just been here their whole life, this is all they experience. So they're very in themselves, kind of, and very still... Um, behind in a lot of things like I, i've heard it so many times now from people who aren't from here that come visit here that are like sometimes in certain ways you guys are so advanced and then in different ways it feels like you guys are like back 50 years and you can definitely see that in the people as well so when i grew up here a girl was supposed to like and marry a man and that was that and um there was no um non-gender there was no non-binary there was no none of that that just didn't didn't exist and full like disclosure full honesty here i was never against trans people or non-binary people or anybody really because i'm really like in that thing of live your life as long as you're not actively going out to harm someone i don't care what you do i don't care does it make you happy good you found something that makes you happy that's great right um so yeah i was very much like that but i will say i didn't understand um 
the full mentality behind why certain people felt like they couldn't identify as either gender. Like, why can't you just say I'm female or I'm male? You know, why does it have to be non-binary? And I did join a group a while back um, called the Nest Fam, and they really helped me understand you know, it, without even realizing that I needed to still learn and needed to still understand, they helped me understand so much more about um, gender and about just being who you are, being true to yourself, whether that means that you are he, she, they, it doesn't matter, right? So growing up here, um, going back to that, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Growing up here, um, I think the first time I felt any kind of something towards someone was, do you guys remember the band Tattoo? Yeah. I, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was, I was in love. They were everything and I wanted to, I, I loved them. Like I, I like. I was crushing on them, both of them, okay? They were amazing to me. <laughs> and I think that was the first time I really ever developed a crush. And I, I wasn't able to tell anybody, though, because, well, you're a girl. Why are you crushing on other girls? And that was really tough for me. And even as a teenager um, in the Dominican Republic later on, I was never able to admit being into girls because... Um, it was always, whenever somebody did say that, yes, I, I like this girl, when another girl admitted and I liked another girl, um, everybody around her would be like, ew. And then other girls would be like, oh, so I can't hang out with you anymore now. And they'd be like, why not? Because you're a girl and you like girls and I'm a girl, so I can't hang out with you anymore. And that just made me feel very like, yeah, no, you like guys. Yep. Nope. You like guys, that's all you like, and that's fine, that's totally okay. And um, <laughs> bless my husband, he sometimes like sits here and I'll be like, we'll be watching something and there'll be like a ton of hot guys there, right? And I will be like, I, I won't comment, I don't care. But I see a hot woman in there and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's there like, are you sure you should have married me? <laughs> Um, so I don't usually talk too much about me being bi because a lot of times when I do say that, people are like, oh, so you're just really horny. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I no. hate that so much. No. I'm an asexual pansexual. We exist. <laughs> God damn it. But, oh, you're just horny. It's like, no, that's. No, nothing to do with it at all, you know? And it's just, I'm really glad we're now in a in heading towards a thing where there is so much more information and so much more education around um, everything, you know? Um, sexuality and, and all the things because there needs to be, there desperately needs to be. There's still so many people who are so close-minded to it. I talked to one of my mom's friends a few weeks ago and I was like, oh my God, I was talking about a friend who was just getting uh, their transition surgery. And I was so happy for them because funny, they would be in a body that they feel 
home in, that they feel right in, you know? And I was sharing that, we were talking, and my mom's friend looked at me, like gave me the strangest look and was like, but shouldn't everybody just be happy in the body that they're born in? And I was like, you know what, it's great for those people who can be happy in the bodies that they are born in. It's great for those people who are happy in the bodies that are, they are born in. But everybody deserves to be happy. And if you're not happy in the body you're born in, whether it's gender related, whether it's getting a freaking nose job, whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, a, a breast reduction, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You should be able to feel comfortable in your skin. And that doesn't hurt anybody. You feeling comfortable in your skin doesn't affect anybody except yourself. And so nobody should have the right to judge that. Nobody should even feel like they are allowed to judge that. They should just like go away, like cease existing. Sorry. <laughs> like... <laughs> Leave along. Yeah. Just, just go away. <laughs> yeah. People only seem to have an issue with uh, sort of gender conforming anything when it has the word trans in front of it. Because, yeah. I mean, a person I've known personally for over a year, I've recently unfollowed socially because they were tweeting, just like I've seen a bunch of people tweeting out how uh, things like, oh God, my brain's completely flaking, but like HRT, hormone replacement therapies and things like that uh, are really dangerous and uh, people should never offer them to kids, but they're offered to cis girls all the time to stop them menstruating too early, which is, really dangerous um and like as soon as you you know start becoming a teenager you start having things like birth control and stuff like that which works on your hormones and adults take hormone replacements all the time but because they're cis adults it's fine but as soon as the word trans goes anywhere near that sentence it's suddenly you should be happy with what you got yeah. But if cis people aren't, and it's exactly what you said, if cis people want bigger tits, go ahead. Trans person wants bigger tits? How dare you? You'll yeah. you, you'll find the way you are. How dare you think you should be any other way? It, it It's hypocrisy, pure and simple. It's fear yeah. and hypocrisy. <laughs> okay. Um, we've got um, uh, roughly... 15 minutes left, and I do have a, a couple of audience questions uh, to cover. Um, so, uh, first one, uh, what can I do as a viewer on Twitch to help people who are marginalized? It's going to be, you know, it, it comes down to that natural judgment that we all have, whether we like it or not. You meet somebody, those first seven seconds, you've got your opinion made. And I guess th what you can do is just give everybody a chance, you know, take a leap of faith, go in there. If you're, if you're curious about somebody on Twitch without knowing what they look like, without knowing if they have a disability, without knowing anything, just go in there, have a chat with them and give them a chance. Don't, don't be like, oh, you've got this, haha, -ha. or... <laughs> You know what I mean? I Yeah, just give them a chance is what I would say because so many times we're not given one. We're not, we're just stamped off as, oh, oh, it's another one of those. And that's that. So sometimes reading the about me section is really nice, I think, because then you kind of have an idea of who this person is. But also remember that 
someone's disability, someone's weight, someone's gender um, does not completely define who they are. It affects them and their life journey, obviously, um, but it does not define them. And that's that's something that's uh, <laughs> I feel raises a point. You can find out so much about a streamer, uh, a content creator, by just reading the information that they've actually put out there. Like, we spend a horrific amount of time obsessing over those panels. Um, it's probably not healthy. Um, but it does provide a lot of information that, that will allow you to already know where you stand with certain questions that you may have um, or what topics are safe or what topics are ways to actually interact with with people whether they're marginalized or not it, it hasn't you know the, the panels are, are a really good resource that I feel like a lot of people completely overlook <laughs> I, the only people I know who have actually looked at panels and actually you know gone Okay, I've got that piece of information, now I'm going to talk about it with the streamer. Are usually other streamers. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> also, most people who actually read the title are also the streamers. <laughs> it's not even funny. <laughs> it's like... It's, it's, it's in the title. What are you doing today? It's... it's yeah. <laughs> What's the question of the day? It's the title. Yeah. <laughs> so side note, streamers, coming from somebody who works with streamers a lot, please, 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 please update your panels if you haven't put good ones in. Because if I see another thing that says, rule section, don't be a dick, I'm going to cry because I don't know what being a dick means to you. And I know that sounds silly and like, you don't have to go into every single thing you don't want people to say. But just putting, you know, no harassment based on were or... You know, also, no use of X emotes or whatever. Like, let me know what kind of person you are, because being a dick could be anything. <laughs> also, maybe normalizing the role section to like make a small side section that talks about like just quickly mentions red flags for you, mm -hmm. like topics that you're completely not comfortable at all yep. discussing on stream. One of the things I have right now on my panels, I will tell you right now, my rule section is no politics. But I will also tell you that there's a fair few times that we have um, here and there delved into a side of politics. So um, it's probably something I should amend. <laughs> but, yeah. thing. I think that's something that a lot of uh, streamers have, uh, um, have come to evolve towards now. Like, back in day when I first started, um, politics was like a danger zone like that was something that you do not talk about politics we do not think about politics we do not mention politics you pretend it doesn't exist yeah and now i feel like so much has happened in the world that it's it's one of those things where it's 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 our it's it's so much more important now it's so much more in the forefront of everyone's minds that they have started talking about it more. I think it's this thing, not just, I mean, I guess with politics too, not just with politics, but with a lot of things, 
we try to shield ourselves and our bubble a little bit too much sometimes you know because like it's that thing of like i know for example one of the reasons that i said no politics is because i have extremely harsh views on animal rights you know very very harsh views that i know um shock some people and make some people like literally walk away from the conversation so that's why i wrote no politics because i don't want to take the chance of offending anybody with my views and i also didn't want to take the chance of someone coming in and um just talking about a politician that um is just you know really not good um it's just that that level of this might end up being uncomfortable let's just completely put it off the table but sometimes uncomfortable topics need to be talked about so that we can learn from each other and grow together yeah no i i agree i've definitely uh found myself changing my my viewpoint on on what like I was always pretty like open to talking about most things, but politics was one of those things that, or, or anything political, was those things that I didn't really ever want to cover. Not anymore. Fuck that. I want to talk about all of the important topics. You should be able to talk about whatever the heck you want on your channel. This is your space, and your opinions here are the rule, essentially. <laughs> I just, I, 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 personally, I just feel like it's so many people are, are experiencing whole shit ton right now and it's gonna be that's good when you ask them about their day that's gonna be the thing that's like what the fuck is this shit in the news or what the fuck is that you know it, it's it, it's at that point now where it's like if i ex in, in my opinion no, as i said yeah it, I'm, I'm all for everyone creating the space that they want to do but for me it's a case of now it's like that's I want to know about them, and that's the thing that they are currently going. Oh my fucking god! About then, I'm going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but not judging anyone who doesn't. It's I totally understand it. It's you've got to create your own mentally healthy yeah. place, and only yeah, deal with definitely. what you can actually deal with in any one day. And also, it's completely okay to say, let's move on. I've had enough of this topic. Yeah. And oh. that is a lot harder to do really than is. it is just say, oh, just go do it. You just do it, you know? Um, <laughs> because um, I was definitely not able to do that before. I have kept someone in my community that was very toxic to my community. And that caused several people to leave my community because I was afraid of saying enough. Been there, done that. It's so. it's hard to, to to know that you're creating a space and you're getting to know these people online and and being the head of a community and going for everyone's benefit i need to 
remove that person despite the fact that I've developed a friendship or a connection or because of various topics, things that have been said. It's so difficult. Yeah. Also, if someone is neurodiversive in any shape or form and they are being toxic to your community because that the neurodiversive people can be toxic too, um, <laughs> then just talk to them. Let them know that XYZ they're doing is not okay and um, see about if they can improve on these things if they can improve on that kind of behavior if that's within their capabilities and if not then like you said then you know it's for the rest of the community if they're really affecting everybody negatively then you're just gonna have to yeah you know gently nudge them away (laughs) which doesn't mean just because you're removing them from your discord or your your twitch or whatever doesn't mean that you can't still stay in touch or be friends with them um but if they're not good for your community, then yeah. Okay, let's let's get into some more of these questions because we've got a <laughs> few and running uh, uh, out of time. <laughs> um, I'll go with the one that's actually just been put in chat. Uh, what's the biggest obstacle to conquer after moving back to Liechtenstein? Maybe also for Fonz. So, for me personally, it was definitely the bumping into old friends and family who um i had severed ties with because reasons um and it's like i said it's a very small country so you go to your local shop you will definitely 99 percent bump into someone you don't want to bump into and you don't want to have that awkward hi how are you doing oh it's so nice to see you you know that great awkward conversation um, so that has been a struggle for me personally, and it's still a struggle. It's like I said at the very beginning, it's why I prefer, prefer to drive 30, 40 minutes away to go do certain very small tasks rather than just doing them here where they're like five minutes away from me. Um, so that's a ta- that's that's been a struggle for me. I've just been kind of <laughs> isolating. Um, for Fonzie, it's just been a little bit of um, a culture shock. I guess because um he's portuguese and um they have a very different mentality to people in switzerland and Liechtenstein, and that's been kind of tough for him and also just having to learn german because over here the main language is german and um he speaks portuguese and spanish and english um but no german so that's that's been a struggle for him and he's also a quite quite anxious person and not very confident at all and so learning it is one thing learning to apply it is a whole different topic for him that must have been quite difficult for um getting a job and such forth as well it's, he's still learning german right now so um yeah he has a job right now where um he works at construction which isn't his you know be all <laughs> because he works with cement so he's lifting really heavy bags of cement every single day and that's not really what he wants to do for the rest of his life understandable um but that's kind of the only jobs that he can find right now because no swiss person wants to do that job because if you have grown up here you have grown up in this society in this school system which means that 
over here the school system works in two ways either you finish school at 16 and you learn you go into a three-year apprenticeship where you both go to school and work at the same time mm -hmm. or you do essentially high school and go to university afterwards those are your two things if you grew up here so everybody here has a learned profession everybody and so if you're not from here like portugal like fonzie is you don't have a learned profession in portugal you finish school you go to work that's it you don't need to go to school to become a secretary you know <laughs> Over here, they literally want you to go to school for three years to work at a cashier's in a grocery store. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, yeah, mind-boggling to me, honestly. But because he doesn't have this learned profession, the only and because of his German hindrance, the only thing that he can really do is um, work really tough jobs, like at a construction site, and only within teams that... Um, have someone who either speaks Portuguese, Spanish, or English. I could ask more questions, but yeah. I realize that we're running out of time and we want to uh, 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 mention some other things as well at some point. So um, I'll, I'll only do one more of these questions. Um, do you think the games industry and streaming platforms do enough to help and where needed protect the people in marginalized groups? No. <laughs> no, absolutely plain and simple, absolutely no. They do not. They do not give a rat's ass about us. They only care about the cash flow. And if we aren't making that big money, money cash flow to them, they don't care. If I, for example, was to magically blow up and have thousands of viewers every single stream, you can bet your butt that they would treat me like royalty i would get all the possible benefits that you could get on that streaming platform i would get all the gigs and everything but because i am not having like a six thousand viewer average i don't matter and that's really sad but that is how it is nope <laughs> i think that covers it yep <laughs> exactly the like we're not we're not people we're we're no. just a a digit yeah we're just a digit um i think they can they could easily do things um but i think it needs to start with talking to these creators and learning about them and their struggles and um as long as they aren't willing to do that I don't see much changing, sadly. I think it's, I think there are some things like in games itself with things like, you know, like EDI consultants popping up more in conversation and like, obviously I, I work in for a charity which works with accessibility in games and things like that. It does feel like the tide is starting to shift that way, but it's going to be a hell of a long time. But then I've also worked on the other side in, in, you know, the games industry and working with streamers and things like that. I, it, it is difficult. And I still think it's such a new market to a lot of companies and markets that I know a shitty term, but it's like, it's an investment. If you give stuff to a person, you want to get stuff out of it. It's a transaction essentially. But when you only go for the top numbers, you only really get one type of person. 
-hmm. and that's not how you hit different audiences it i've seen a couple of companies do it so well and be so smart i think xbox actually has been good like no one can be perfect but i am there is always something very genuine in a lot of what xbox does with accessibility with diversity with you know with pride with uh, just all of the different sort of promotions and like things that they do and things like with the pride controller they did recently somebody called them out and said oh so that's going away then they were like no it's up all year like pride all year it's it's up it's it's new now that's what's on our store and it's like well, that's a change that's nice positive change, yeah. huh that's really cool and like they had a disability showcase the other day to talk about not accessibility in games but in the company and like the people that they worked with and stuff and i'm like holy shit awesome and they had uh steve sailor blind gamer steve to to host it and i'm like awesome that's the first time i've seen anything like that but i i would love to see more streamers getting more opportunities and like you know twitch is a cool platform they could be, they couldn't, I think, should be doing more. Definitely. You know, I think if YouTube starts picking up on starting to do more and celebrate more groups and make Discovery better and things like that, which Discovery, I think, is something they're working on, then I see a lot of people twitching to YouTube despite the communities they've grown here and the years they've spent because it's just as simple as stream on YouTube, VOD automatically goes uploaded, then you can edit it while it's on the platform, then you can make clips once they get a certain amount of viewer time, they can be monetized and searched, which that can be done on Twitch. So like if I was in the games industry, I'd probably be looking more for a YouTube streamer because their content is always going to be up, always have my product on it and always going to be making me cash. Like if yeah. I was going for pure, hard, cold return on interest, I'd go for a YouTuber. Like, yeah, because a, a Twitch streamer is only really making content and, and showcasing that content you want them to showcase when they are live streaming. So, yeah. And, like, I, I get why, like, sorry, this is a, this is an area I'm quite well versed in. <laughs> and I get why companies go for these bigger streamers. There's what's known as the Jacksepticeye effect. And nothing against Jack Septify because I think he's a fucking treasure and I would love to work with him one day. A genuinely good person who worked really bloody hard and treats people right. Um, but there's a very marked thing when a game releases, if Jack Septify covers it, you can see sales. Jack Septify puts out a video, the sales shoot, and then they stay there for a bit. And then Markiplier puts out a video and it shoots again. But they literally have named effects because of how much it adds to a product but they need to understand that especially with lots of things like indie games that's why you see a lot of indie games supporting smaller creators because they have that much more vested interest in like let's work together and all these tiny little bumps that all these people can bring us is freaking cool and then we have a community base like it's very difficult for Unfortunately, small creators to break into an established community base, which has millions upon millions in it, but they do need to do better. There's rewards if they do better. I'd love them to recognize that one day. All right. Cool. Sorry, I'll get off my yeah. no, no. I, I know. <laughs> it is. There's been a lot of topics discussed in this podcast yeah. that honestly we could talk for hours about. Um, yeah, but. It is time for us to finish up. So before we do our little 
spiel uh to sign off the podcast uh um is there anything any last words any pieces of advice that you'd like to leave us with luna treat every person individually no two people are the same and if you are anxious to and, and scared to talk to someone straight off the bat um especially on the internet like on twitch or something you can just lurk and get to know them a little bit find something that you have in common and then talk you don't need to force yourself just to straight away be like hi how are you uh <laughs> Everyone is individual and everybody deserves to be treated as such. Um, yeah, that's my my final words for that, for these, for both topics, honestly, both disability and sexuality. Very nice. Thank you so much for joining us and giving your time. I mean, your time is your most valuable, valuable thing. So <laughs> we really appreciate you spending your time to come and talk to us today. Um, sorry that we didn't really get to touch much on the sexuality side of things. Um, <laughs> I think that happens when there's like three people who all suffer from like different disabilities and stuff like that. So we're all like, oh yes, I have more to add. And me too. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> but oh, gay in one way or another. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, by the way. Uh, <laughs> representation was there already. It's fine. <laughs> but it was a it was an absolute delight and uh, it was very interesting conversation. So I, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, Pan, you wanted to uh, talk about the uh, next Through Our Eyes big stream. Yes. So obviously, as you know, as Luna was talking about earlier, I, I work a mostly full-time job. Um, so my streaming is non-existent at the minute because I can't manage it. But the reason the Through Our Eyes project started is because I wanted to give a voice to people that needed a platform and I had a platform. So that's what I used it for. There have been so many attacks on the trans community, ramping and ramping and ramping over 12 years of Tory rule in the UK, which is honestly hilarious at this point, what's going on. A lettuce beat up Prime Minister, we're not even going to talk about that. That being said, I want to use this platform once again. So I believe it will be in December, but I need to have a look at my workload. But within the next two to three months, um, I will be putting together the next Through Our Eyes, which is going to be a discussion on gender and sexuality, uh, talking to, I'm hoping to have a majority of trans guests. I would love to hear from trans people of color. I would love to hear from black trans streamers. I would love to hear from people who have detransitioned, people who are still transitioning, people who transitioned long ago, and people who are non-binary, people who are agender, people who are intersex. Basically, if you want to talk about gender, sexuality, being transgender, and what the UK is like, or what the US is like at the minute, uh, I'd love to hear from you, because I want to start putting together a cast. We're going to need about 20 to 25 guests uh, for two-hour slots. I will also be looking for another host, but I might just side-eye Drac until... <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, one of my hosts will... Uh, well, I'm sure they'll be happy for me to say publicly, but I'll wait until they're happy for me to announce them publicly. Uh, but it's somebody that has streamed with me a number of times, so you're in very safe hands. I am also looking to immediately bulk up the security around the channel and bring on a couple of new moderators, as well as reset up the block list and just ensure that no shit can go down. So it will be a safer environment as we can make it. And we will probably make it a fundraiser as well. So any idea on charities, uh, preferably UK based at the minute, 
and possibly something to do with media or getting information out there to the people that need it, uh, I would love to hear from you. So Twitter's probably the best place. All right. Well, um, thank you everyone for hanging out. Um, I hope you found it interesting and informative. Um, next, well, we haven't actually got a guest for our next podcast. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone fancies coming and talking to us on the podcast in two weeks time, um, hit us up um, on Twitter or Discord um, to talk about, well, pretty much anything in the marginalized groups umbrella, like LGBTQIA, whether that be disability, mental health, being BIPOC, any, any of these topics um and um come come talk to us um and and help us spread some some education and and talk about things that don't tend to get to talk about but yes thank you everyone for hanging out i hope you have a good one um if you'd like to keep in contact outside of the streams do follow our co-host pan and and give our guest some love um they are on on the twitters and and the twitches um but yes thank you all for hanging out thank you luna again for joining us thank you pan for co-hosting have a good one and i will see you all soon. say bye all bye bye, bye. <laughs>